Easter could not have arrived at a more relevant moment, at a time when so many people are struggling, maybe you're feeling a bit anxious or lacking hope. The Easter story reminds us that this is not the end. This is not how life finishes. There is real hope, eternal hope for you and for me. And I wonder what will you do when this MCO is finally over? The first time you walk out of your home, where will you go? What will you do? How will you feel? Well, I want to suggest today that in spite of the fact that we're still confined to our homes at this moment, you are already more free than you could possibly imagine. Why? Because Jesus is not confined to the grave. He has stepped out of the tomb on that first Easter Sunday and he is alive. Our reading today is taken from Luke's Gospel in the New Testament. Luke was a doctor, a Gentile, a non-Jew, and he was a meticulous recorder of facts and details. And he writes his uh, Gospel account after interviewing many, many eyewitnesses of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus' resurrection is not some fanciful, made-up idea. There were over 500 eyewitnesses of the risen Jesus on 11 different occasions over a six-week period. One professor of history at Oxford University described the resurrection as the greatest attested fact in history. So I'm going to read you now the passage. This is after Jesus' death on the cross, then his resurrection when he first appears to his followers, the disciples. It's Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read verses 36 to 49. While they, the disciples, were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as I do. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Amen. So what does the resurrection of Jesus mean today for you and for me? Well, I want to suggest three things, and they all begin with the letter P. The first thing is this, the resurrection means the presence of Jesus with you. Because he's no longer dead, he's alive, he can be with you. Verse 36 says, Jesus himself stood among them. And today, right now, Jesus is with you by the presence of his Holy Spirit, 
the Spirit of Christ. This is what he referred to in verse 39 when he said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, the gift of the Spirit that was poured out on Pentecost. So what, you might say? The fact I can have the presence of Jesus with me, does it make a difference? Well, I want to say it makes a huge difference. Firstly, the presence of Jesus by his Spirit with you means you can have peace. The very first words the risen Jesus says to his disciples are, peace be with you. He is the Prince of Peace. You might be going through a tough time. You maybe have lost some income. Maybe you're afraid, scared for elderly relatives, or you're worried that your business is about to go under. Well, right now, Jesus, by his Spirit, is with you. And in spite of the circumstances, you can have that shalom, that promise of the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding, a deep stillness in your heart. The knowledge that ultimately all will be well. We're running Alpha again uh, online this coming Wednesday. I'd love you to join. And in my last uh, Alpha Online small group on the Holy Spirit Day, one woman in our small group on the Zoom call, she shared how she'd been really struggling with something. But when she prayed, the Spirit of God came and she felt this deep peace. You can have that right now. And think about the disciples. They weren't in a good place. They were sad. They were in mourning because Jesus had seen him die. They were afraid that the authorities were after them. And they were isolating themselves. They were stuck inside hiding. And yet we're told in verse 41 that their fear even turned to joy because of the presence of Jesus. The silence of Holy Saturday can turn into the joyful singing of Easter Sunday today. Why? Because of the presence of Jesus. His presence brings peace. Secondly, it means fellowship, a deep, authentic friendship in community. The New Testament word is koinonia. And I know that some people are finding this MCO harder than others. Perhaps the extroverts are finding it harder. Uh, I know that myself, when this is all over, I'm going to take a week's holiday and spend the whole of it at the office. But just because you are self-isolating, it does not mean that you have to feel isolated. You are part of the church. And the church is not an organisation you join. It's a family where you belong. It's a community. And the risen Jesus is at the heart of this community. We read this in verse 42 and 43. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He ate with them. I know one guy called James, he, he became a Christian because of this verse. He said, ghosts do not eat fish. This must be the resurrected Jesus. And he came and he chose to eat with them. Eating together in the Middle Eastern culture was a sign of deep friendship. And if you cast your mind back, just before Jesus went to the cross to die, 
he'd shared a last meal with his disciples, the Last Supper. And in it, he said, have a meal to remember the sacrifice by that I'm about to make on the cross. And we call that meal communion. That's the way the church down the ages for the last 2,000 years have remembered his death and resurrection for us. And uh, later on at the end, we're going to have an informal communion together so that we can sort of be united together as one in spirit, if not in body. The resurrection means you are not alone. You can have the presence of Jesus with you today. The second P is the resurrection means that you can have proof of eternal life for you. In verse uh, 46 and 47, we read this. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So he was crucified on Friday. He rose on the Sunday. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Forgiveness of sins. The resurrection proves that the cross worked. The resurrection is not the reversal of a defeat, but it's the manifestation of a victory, a victory won on the cross over sin and death. Whatever your past, the resurrection proves that your sins were dealt with by Jesus, that you are forgiven. Receive that forgiveness right now because the cross is enough. Don't doubt it. And on the cross, Jesus took all of your sin and all of my sin upon himself, took it from us. So that barrier of wrongdoing between us and our perfect God, our maker, has been removed. That means you can know connection, relationship with God the Father today. The resurrection proves that the cross worked. Secondly, the resurrection proves that Jesus has conquered death. St. Paul writes to the Romans and he says, the wages of sin is death. But if sin has now been dealt with on the cross, then death has also been defeated. St. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 15, and he says that Jesus is a first fruit amongst those who will die. In other words, one day we will follow the same path as Jesus. One day when he returns at the end of time, you too will be physically resurrected and inherit eternal life. Wow, what amazing news. Death is not the end. What hope. And the resurrection began a process that we call recreation, of God putting everything right in the world. The process that began with the resurrection and will continue and be completed when Christ returns at the end. When Jesus walked out of the tomb that first Easter Sunday morning, the process of God making all things new began. And during this period of MCO, we've kind of got a little bit of a symbolic glimpse of what that can look like. I don't know whether you've noticed, but as we've all been stuck inside, birds seem noisier than ever, and there's more of them than ever. Than ever. It's wonderful. I saw online last week, in the middle of the city of California, what's normally a busy residential road, there was a wild bear just chilling out and walking down the road. Swans and, and dolphins have returned to the canals of Venice. It's amazing. And it's given us a glimpse 
of the world healing itself. Ultimately, that healing was won on the cross and the resurrection ushered in this renewing process. When the MCO is finally over and you walk out of the tomb of your home, think how free you will feel. But that is nothing to the freedom that you and I already have because Jesus rose from the dead and he walked out of the tomb and ushered in new creation. And the most amazing thing of all is you are part of that new creation. When you turn and you put your faith in Jesus, the old you has been buried in the tomb with him. And the new you has now risen from the dead and walked out of the tomb. You are a new creation. You get a second chance, a third chance, a fourth, an nth chance with the Lord. How amazing is that? You can turn over a new chapter today. So the resurrection means the presence of Jesus with him and all the amazing peace that that brings. It means proof that you have eternal life. Now, eternity's begun. But thirdly, the third P is the resurrection brings a purpose to your life and to mine. In verse 39, Jesus says to the disciples, it is I myself. In the original Greek text, it's ego eimi, which literally means I am. And in the Old Testament, when the prophet Moses had asked God for his name, God said he was called I am, the one who is eternally present being. And when Jesus says to the disciples here, hey guys, I am, he is saying, I am God. I'm part of the Trinity, the Son of God. And then he goes on and he says to his followers, and I have a job for you. He says this in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. And he says that to you today as well. And, you know, being an evangelist sounds scary, but a witness is not the same thing as an evangelist. A witness simply says what they've seen, what they've heard, or what they've experienced in their life. It's just your story. What Jesus has done for you. And Jesus says in his passage to his followers, look at my hands and look at my feet. And elsewhere in the New Testament, it says that we are now the body of Christ on earth. In other words, you are his hands and his feet. I'm his hands and his feet. And whenever we tell others of what Jesus has done for us, or we show them his love through our actions and our deeds, then we are his hands and his feet, his witnesses. And you know, I just want to say thank you to all of you who've been so generous and given online. What that's meant is that we can keep the HTBB food bank going. Uh, I know so many of you involved, led brilliantly by Michael Ho. And what that's meant is that we've been able to get food to people who've completely lost all their income and otherwise wouldn't be able to eat. Actually, if that's also you, please do let us know. We'd love to help. And I, I was adding up just in the past 10 days, we've been able to distribute 
250 family food parcels to those in need. Thank you for what you're doing. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. And every time you send an encouraging WhatsApp to a friend, checking on them, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? You're being the thumbs of Jesus. Every time you invite somebody to, uh, to try HTBB online on a Sunday or invite them this Wednesday to Alpha at HTBB online at 8 p.m., you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. Every time you either put a meal outside a neighbor's door or you send maybe a treat by grab delivery to somebody, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, this process of recreation has been ushered in with the resurrection of Jesus. And the amazing thing is, God says to you and me, hey, I'd like to involve you. I want to do it through you with my power. Isn't that amazing? Wow, your life has far more significance than you could ever imagine. And when we uh, take our focus off ourselves and we begin in the love of God to reach out to help others, what happens is we're blessed as well. It feels good to help others. And that's okay, you don't need to feel guilty about that. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, because when we begin to do that, we know the joy of aligning our actions with the purpose that God has given us. What fulfillment and purpose. Now, if you take the uh, New Testament and you read the resurrection account of Jesus in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and read them all back to back, you may want to try it later, you'll notice, as, as I did, that essentially the risen Jesus consistently says two things to his disciples when he appears. The risen Jesus says, peace, my peace I give you. And he says to them, go tell. Go and tell others of this hope, of this good news, of forgiveness, eternal life, of peace and purpose with me. And good news spreads quickly. Just think that as soon as we hear MCO's lifted, going to tell everybody straight away. In fact, maybe you've been telling people good news already. And we need the Spirit of God for both of these things. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit, and to witness requires the power of the Spirit. Verse 49 says this, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. We've been stuck inside in the city today, right now. You can be clothed with power from on high. So let's pray together. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus before. And this is your moment where you want to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be my God, my Lord and my Saviour, to receive eternal life and forgiveness and peace and purpose and all that we've read about. Just echo this prayer silently in your heart right now. You might want to put your hands out in front of you as if receiving this gift. And just repeat this prayer in your heart. Say, Lord God, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me and to rise to new life, that I can have a fresh start and inherit eternal life. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done in the past that have hurt you or others or myself. I turn from those now. 
And thank you, Jesus, that you died and rose for me, that I can know forgiveness and a new beginning, new life. I choose to receive that forgiveness in my heart right now. And please, would you send your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, to come and dwell in my heart and be with me for all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. And all of us right now, just pray this prayer in your heart. Come, Holy Spirit, receive the Spirit of God.